Good one. Um, in, the, in the new edition on page Samach Dawud, means we're in the middle in the middle of Islam Dawud, where it says Hakshivas Kitspas Olama Shalashem Aleichem. Hakshivas Kitspas Olama Shalashem Aleichem. This is, uh, as I told you last week, this is one of the most difficult pieces in, in, in the Rebbe's writings. We're trying to to work our way through it. These last these last few sections of Tzavuzirus are, are really more tefilas than the Artaris. But of course, in all of the in all of his tefilas, we we stand to learn a lot. We, besides just seeing, getting a little bit of a glimpse of the heart of the tzaddik, the I. <clears throat> the ideas that are expressed are also very profound. So remember, remember that at the end last week, uh, on the bottom of Shemsam of Gimel, the Rebbe was calling out to to people to people who he calls Anshe Chutz, people who are Anshe Chutz, earthly people, earthly people, shallow, superficial people, Anshe Chutz. And he calls upon them to look at all of nature, to take a close look at all of nature, (coughs) at at, at the animals, at the grass, at everything in the world, and to see how even the world itself, which which is just a mere reflection of the neshama of the Jewish people, even in the world itself, there seems to be an unbelievable state of joy when things are alive, when things are vibrant, when things are... When, when things are awake, there seems to be this unbelievable, unbelievable simcha. He speaks about that the light waves, the light waves from the sun that, are, that seem to dance for joy. And whoever looks at the sunlight feels that joy, feels the simcha. And, and, um, and then the contrast between how everything looks when it's alive and, and, and then, and then the, the 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 depressing feeling when everything, when things of even of the physical world, when things of the physical world die. So he's the last thing we saw is that he is he's asking why is this, what is this joy that seems to emanate from from everything in the world when it's alive when it's labedic, and why is it that in the in the death even physical things seem to be so sad even though they don't understand what death means. And he asked that the last sentence of the paragraph before, is it possible, are they like humans who mourn? Is there everything in the world like humans who mourn as the death approaches? Why is this? So he continues, He's talking to the Anshei Chutz. To these earthly people, and he says, "Listen to the anger of Hashem's world upon you. Hashem's world is angry at you." He says to the Anshechutz, <laughs> to these external earthly people, "Ain oimer vein dvarim." It's not like you can hear anything physically. There's silence. You don't hear anything in the world yelling at you. Alvo. But let your souls listen, and let your souls be agitated when they hear this. And your heart can explode when your heart will, and your heart will tremble when it hears the, the anger of the world. The whole world is screaming out. The whole world is raging against this. The the ansheichutz, the shallow people, and saying, "Aren't you embarrassed, human being, to have turned your heart away from the master of the world?" And to seek, remember the basis of this piece: the ansheichutz are the people who are seeking earthly possessions. That's what they want in this world. All they want is to have wealth and to be financially successful. So, so the world itself is screaming out. In other words, the, the world. By its very existence is is telling us something. It's telling us that that you have your brief time under the sun, 
and you need to accomplish whatever you can accomplish, but then afterwards, it doesn't take too long until you be, things begin to deteriorate and ultimately die. And the world is calling out to the human being, is this what you're seeking in your life? You've turned your heart away from Hashem and you're just looking for home, for some treasures, you're looking for a treasure besides Hashem. The heavens and the earth are raging against you. Who's the Mechutzef? Who's the Mechutzef? Who has so much Chutzpah? A human being who with Chutzpah shamelessly continues walking in this world in Hashem's palace, which is the palace of Hashem's servants. And Hashem's servants are calling out, the rest of the world is screaming out is screaming out a song to Hashem and the song that the rest of the world is screaming is Hashem is the only treasure so how dare human being walk with such chutzpah so shamelessly upon Hashem's earth and ignore the song of the world and ignore the scream and the anger of the world against him against the Anshei Chutz against the person who has this chutzpah and who doesn't Join in that song to Hashem. Afrotzen zulas vitzayna leineda rak vitzayna onirotzen, and all of the all of the world, the physical world, is screaming out that we have no will, we have no desire, only Hashem's desire. There's pulaso on a problem, and everything in the world is only is only doing Hashem's bidding. Everything in the world is living in accordance to the will of Hashem. And only, only a human being, of course, a human being has Bechira's free choice, but nevertheless, the free choice that he has is being abused and he's ignoring, he's ignoring his Tachlis. All of these who, saw, all of creation which sings the song to Hashem is carving out a path to Hashem. And while everything in this world is alive, its joy comes from basking in the light of Hashem. V'silukaf also he took us gviyaseinim, and when Hashem's when Hashem's light is concealed from anything else in the world, it begins to deteriorate and die. And the sadness of the world is when it's not close to Hashem. When Hashem turns his face away from the world. Gam lochem ancheichus, you too, earthly people. Like all Briyas Hashem, like all of Hashem's creation. In other words, so we're all thinking, yeah, look, I have a lot of problems. I have Bechir, I have free choice. It's not so simple. It's not so simple for me, like like all these things that Hashem created in such a way. But the Rebbe says, now listen, Achechutz. <coughs> Earthly people, <clears throat> shallow people. He says, Hashem. Just like, really, you don't know how much you have in common with all of creation. Because you too, he says, Chuka Pnimis. You have an inner drive, an inner, an inner longing, he says. There is an unknown and deep and mysterious longing that you have to, to seek your Creator, to seek your Master. Tachlis mitziuschem, which is the which is the objective and goal of your purpose of your entire existence. Avol chomak ovar adoinchem ikem, and the reason that you feel that, that you you feel that Hashem has chomak ovar that he is that he's passed by you and he's not connected to you. You know why he says kisartem eslavavchem yachrov, because you're not really seeking him. You're not really seeking him. There was someone, I was at, I was at a chasna last night, and there was a, a bocher I know from the summer, a very sweet guy. So he was telling me that, he was telling me, you know, that he is his schedule, and he goes to yeshiva during the day, and then he has, then he goes to college at, at night. So I was asking what he's taking, so he said that, he said that, you know, he has to take, it's required, it's required over there to take, where he is to take a philosophy course. And he said he doesn't care, it's all up, because it doesn't bother him, all this stuff in philosophy, you know, it doesn't bother him. But he said that the professor said something two weeks ago off the cuff. It wasn't part of the curriculum, but he said something off the cuff that he says is, is 
causing him unbelievable agmas nefesh, the, the sentence that the professor said. So what was his ayahs? What, what did he say? So he said off the cuff that that uh, religion is fine. You know, religion is very is very very nice because uh, people people need something. Uh, people need something to to make them feel to make them feel good. They need you know. So some people he says uh, some people take 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 drugs. Some people take alcohol. Or like you know, Karl Marx said, I don't know if he that it's the opium of the masses, but. You know, you need. It's it's a good thing he said. Not because there's anything. There's no. There's no God or anything. It's just that people. Uh, you no, know, they need a. They need to get. They need to climb out of the cellar, and it's a good reason to climb out to have something to believe in. And that's what the professor said. And and, and this book is like being. You know, it's, it's hard for him to daven. You know, whatever. It's, it's he's having a hard time to daven to to uh, to a God like that. So so I was telling him. So uh, I said, "What are you talking about? That's the, that's the." That's the biggest raya that there's that there's Rabbanu Shalom. That's not a raya against Rabbanu Shalom. That's tell the professor you want to thank him for being makar of you to and helping you put on tefillin and keep mitzvahs. And you should know that and tell him that you hope that he'll do tshuva also. That's a very very big raya. The fact that the world feels an unbelievable craving and an emptiness and a longing, and the fact that the world can't exist without God. So. The sad thing is that that all that professor craves and longs for is is a good book and a you know girlfriend and a maybe a, a bottle of beer or something, and that and that you that you're craving you understand where it comes from. He's only on the secondary tertiary level of understanding the professor of why is it that he feels so empty and he has to feel and he has to fill his emptiness with something. That's true. He has to fill his emptiness. What's he filling his emptiness with, and what are you filling your emptiness with? But where does that emptiness come from? Where does that craving? Where does that longing? Where does that that even a person who could have, who could have all the wealth of this world, and could have everything that he ever wanted, why is it that when he goes to bed at night he still feels so many times that he has nothing? How could that be? That shuka, that craving and longing of the world, means that there's something that's not of this world that is missing. It's not of this world. It's something that's not of this world. And meaning it's in the world, but it's not of this world. It's something that's part of the world, and it's not part of the world and when a person feels when a person realizes that he's not living according to his tachlis he's not fulfilling his role and his tachlis here in this world so so that obviously is something that brings about a terrible sense of emptiness so the Rebbe says that people just you know you're not really identifying the source of this emptiness is you know that you feel empty you know that you feel empty, but you're not identifying the re- the source of the emptiness. Well, the listen. He says, "This is the this is this is dedicated to that professor." Well, shukas nafshecha. So, what are you trying to do? He says, "Triyan it's external people." Outside earthly people, you know what they're doing. He says, They're trying to quell and to quiet down this incessant search and craving of this soul. They're trying to quiet down. They're trying to, to silence it. It bothers them. Right? I, I was talking to one of the Chavi yesterday. So he's mentioning to me that, you know, he was thinking about putting on a, a more of a, a Shabbos dik, a lavush, to dress up more Shabbos dik. But he knows that, you know, he knows that, uh, that the second he does that, then the Anshechutz uh, in his shul, the earthly Jews, God bless them, in the shul, they're going to give him an unbelievably hard time. They're going to, they're going to give him hard, I mean, he can come in with a, he can come in with a, you know, a Pink Floyd t-shirt, and that's alright. But if he walks in with the Shabbos Dekel of he's going to get it. And he doesn't care, he said he couldn't care less about any of these Anshechutz. But we were talking about, why does that bother someone, like, you know? Why does that, why does it bother someone? So I said that you know when the first when the first one of the Anshechuts comes to you, and he and he starts making the cracks. Hey, hey, hey look who came over here. You know, whenever the, he starts with, not that I not that I'm saying it makes a difference what you wear, but I'm saying he wanted to. That's all. So when one of the Anshechuts comes over to him, he starts with the with the with the with the, with the, with the So um, you just tell him, listen, listen, my my, my dear friend. 
if you really, really like it that much, I'll be glad to take a trip with you to Bar Park or Flatbush and to, and to size you up for some of your own stuff. If you really, really like it so much, because I know that you're halishing to wear this. I know that there's nothing in the world that, that you would want more than to, than to look like, to look like this on Shabbos. And, um, and, uh, <coughs> if, it, if it bothers you so much that you have to go out of your way to make a crack in another Jew and to say something about it, even in front of his child, they'll say it in front of someone's children. There's no, there's no nafkim in Can we in front of your kids? I mean, so, <clears throat> so this is, this is the anshe, this is the, this is the trademark of anshe chutz. The trademark of anshe chutz is that when, when they, when it seems to them that there's somebody that's, that's entering into the realm of anshe, of being anshe pnim, of being inner people, of people who are seeking something more, because they don't know what's going on inside of your heart, obviously. But when they see something change in your life, then they go, then the, then the danger signal lights up. Uh oh. I think we're losing one of our men. We're losing one of our boys. Right? We, until now we had, we had the happy little guy in the shorts barbecuing with his, you know, with his arm around the wife and giving a little kiss to the other guy's wife and how you doing? And now we could be losing one of our boys. And, uh, so when he, when he sees that, he doesn't know what's going on inside the guy's heart. But when he sees the guy changing a little bit and how he looks and how he, how he goes on Shabbos, so then, so then it hurts him. It hurts him so much he can't be quiet. That doesn't mean that he's not holy. That, that guy that's, the guy that makes the cracks is very holy. And he really is. And I, I'm not just saying it's done. I mean it. It bothers him. It bothers him. It hurts him so much. If it's somebody that's not at all shy to it, then what do you care? So, like we learned, it doesn't bother you. But you have you're upset if some guy walks around some 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 Indian walks around in robes. What it bothers you? Does it bother you if some guy walks around in robes? But if you see that there's a guy that you grew up with and he was also one of the Anshechuts and it looks like he's heading for the to be one of the Anshech Pnim and he's moving towards the so then uh oh uh oh then all of that longing and craving to be better rises up inside of him. And, and, and resists and resents. It's something which is not B'dar HaTava. It's not B'dar HaTava. It comes from a Jewish neshama. That, that, that the heart is broken. He knows that he could never do it. And he's not holding by it. And even if he was, his wife wouldn't again. How would it be? And what would it be? And, and, he, and he doesn't make any dischashbainus. It's just one big, it's just one big thing that he insists on remaining. He resists on remaining one of the Ansheikhuts. So that's the Rebbe saying here. So he does so many things to 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 quiet down this this search of the neshama. That's why in shul I've spoken with this many of. That's why in shul people are louder than they are in other places, because in shul there's a place a Jew feels that in shul that there's something that's saying to him. Listen, I know that you're generally one of the ancheichuts, but take a couple of minutes a trip in, inside. You know, take a little bit of a trip inside yourself. So in shul, obviously, the people have to even be louder. Because outside on the street, you're anyway, bachutz. And there's the, the noise of the ansheichutz of the world outside. And, you know, you're busy with work and a lot of stuff going on. So you don't need to make so much noise outside. But then you take one of these guys when he's inside, when he's inside the shul, when he was inside the yeshiva, inside the shul, and he has to talk all the time. He has to make noise. He has to show up as little as possible. And he has to make as much noise as he can. You know why? So that there shouldn't, God forbid, come out once, one little scream from inside. There shouldn't come out one tiny little sound from inside. So he's got to drown it out with such, with such narishkeit and more and more narishkeit. And, 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 and he has to make sure that he, that he has to make sure to go to a place where, you know, where, where the only, the, the only divaytara going to be, you know, Vayetze Yaakov. And isn't it terrible how the Jews have to leave their, the towns in Israel because of the Palestinians and then to go on to all discussion of Palestinians. And there's no other Torah because the whole Torah is Torah's chutz. It's not a Torah's pnim. It has nothing to do with the Pneumius. Because unfortunately, even many of the leaders are Astam Ansheikhuts that just know how to read better the Gemara than the other guy. But they're Ansheikhuts. So what are you going to do? But it's not because they're not holy people. They're very holy people. Someone, someone's a big macher in Shul. You, could see, you know, you walk into Shul, you can see in one second who the big machas are, right? You can mom, she's seen one second. Like, you know, like, the, like you'd see with these guys like the Grand Puba when you walk in. <laughs> And, and you know, you look at him, and I look, you know, all the years I growing up, I look at these guys, and, I, and I'm thinking, what makes this guy tick, you know? But I know that this guy would be nice enough for Yiddishkeit, and he, and, and he would give up his life in a second to be a Jew. So then why don't you enjoy being a Jew? Why are you doing that? Why are you, why are you running away? 
So it could be that in accordance to the, you know, he was meant to be a big macher in Shemayim, this guy. He was meant to be, uh, to be a big macher in Ruchmiyas. And, and he's, and he's um, like the Rebbe said, we learned last week, it's like that beautiful shooting star that, that was so gorgeous when it's in Shemayim, but then when it, when it hits the dirt, it's disgusting and filthy. And that's what happens to these Jews. But they're seeking Hashem, they're seeking, they're mamish looking. But they're trying to quiet down that noise. So he says, that's what he says, There's this, oh, there's this, uh, there's this noise inside. There's this noise inside that, that <coughs> this inner will, this desire to be a Jew, that doesn't stop. <coughs> so they have to quiet it down. And how, what's one of the major ways of doing that? So what most people do, and it's a favorite Jewish pastime, is that you imagine that it's that really it's the money and the gold that you're really seeking. That's what you're that's what you're really looking for the the money, the gold, the silver. That's what you're really seeking. That's where the noise all comes from. I got to open up another store. I got to I got to uh, get another client. I got to you know I got to move ahead. And that and that's what you think that noise is all about inside of you. That's what you think it's all about. It's not true. Listen, look at these words. And your hidden hope. You satiate with this stupidity. Meaning the hidden hope that you have inside of you of being a tzaddik, instead of filling it with tefillah, instead of filling that hope, and satisfying that desire with things of, of ruach, Instead, you try to satisfy that, root, that that need that you have with what? With this narish kind of, <coughs> with things of with things of this world. Narish kind. Kichol hamishugoy, like crazy people. Asher beheadoras hirehem yehezayu, who because he says people that don't have. Because people who are not able to see their parents, people who don't have parents, therefore what can they do? There's someone who's so lonely and he has such a need for that feeling of, of having a father, of having a mother. So if he doesn't have parents, what does he do? He goes over to a piece of wood and he hugs it and he says, Oviata, you're my father. You gave birth to me. And so what is our What's Avadazar? Avadazar comes from a tremendous need. Avadazar comes from the most unbelievable need that a person has. Look at Christianity. Christianity is an unbelievable, it satisfies the most unbelievable need, you know. You have a mother that never did anything wrong, and your father came to visit you in the flesh. It's Catholic, no? You can hear why people would enjoy that. You know, by us, God doesn't pay these kind of house calls. And you know, and, you, and, and, and this is his body, and you, and you, and you make hamaitzi, so you have a piece of his body, and this is the blood, you make a barpia gefen, can shake an abyssal, uh, you know, from his blood. It's, it's all, it's unbelievably soothing and comforting. And this is what Avadazara does. It tells you, you really, really, you, you so badly want to have your father, you so badly want to have a mother, even if they're alive, but you haven't, you haven't felt that love, and you haven't felt that warmth. So, so um, a person goes over to a tree, goes over to a piece of wood and says, Oviata, you're my father. It's the same thing when it comes to the, the way that people idolize movie stars, or they idolize rock stars or sports figures. It's really, it's a political thing. I'm not talking about admiring the way that they perform. That's certainly admirable. The guy's a terrific athlete, but someone's a fantastic uh, actor. I'm not saying that there's anything unusual about admiring admiring the work of these people, they're, they're talented people. But but the kind of worship of people, the kind of worship that fans, whether it's in sports or, or entertainment, that, that kind of worship is, is, is um, another way of going over to somebody. And it's, 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 very, it's very good because you go to, when they go to this person, the person doesn't, doesn't tell you to clean your room, you know. 
The person doesn't tell you you can't have the car. The person doesn't tell you, you know, that uh, you got to get a job. You just you just hang up a poster of of that of that entertainer or that athlete, and and you look at the picture and you say, "Oh, Viata, you're my father," and you put all of your hopes in some sort of in some sort of a person who wouldn't even spit on you. You put all of your hopes in something that doesn't exist. And and um, I remember I was. I was once on a Shabbat Talmud 15 years ago. And there's a Jewish girl. She went to Yeshiva. Jewish girl went to Yeshiva. And, uh, you know, I was talking to her about something, and she said, this girl believes that Elvis Presley is still alive. Something like that, I think. Maybe he talks from the grave. I don't know. Some kind of weird thing. So I said, I think, look, I'm not an Elvis Presley expert. I think he was just, uh, you know, he was just an alcoholic that dropped dead. You don't mind me saying something. I don't mean to hurt your feelings or anything. Like that's what it seems to me. I mean, from what I know of the guy, he was a talented fellow, I suppose. I never really went for his, you know, for his uh, music. But but I think he's. You know, I think he just went the way of all of all uh, alcoholics and drug addicts. You know, he's he's gone. Sorry. She was so upset because you know, Rabbi said this, and it was a whole thing. I had to talk to you afterwards and sat up with her like you know, for hours explaining. Was you know, I don't know. She thought that Elvis Presley is somehow still around. So I don't know. Maybe a lot of people that think like that. I, but you know, the girl has a father that a father that left her when she was seven, and a mother and a mother that comes home every night with a different boyfriend. You understand? She has a miserable life. The girl, so she's taken on this guy, who you know she thinks I guess is some cute, entertaining fellow. She's taken him on as and said to him, Aviato, you're my father. A father that doesn't run away. He lives forever. He lives forever. It's Gavaldi. It's a, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole avayda, you know, for this. Did you say that a person has a feeling and when he has that feeling, you can take it to different ways? Yeah, yeah. So but what the Anshay Chutz are doing is they're trying to, they're trying to pin something else on that craving. They're trying to identify <laughs> with something else. They don't want to admit to themselves. They don't want to. They don't want to, to to try to get to the bottom of it. So it's true. It can take them. It can take them either way. That's why Jews are in general extreme people. He's spoken about this many times. The kind of feeling that you had before it happened. It's like you see, and the feeling is stimulated by something. It's what stimulates you. All different things can set it off. But there's a general feeling of, of emptiness and need. But it could be. You know, it's hard to know what'll set it off in a person. Every person has something else that'll set it off. Could be an old song. And when you hear that stimulation, you can go take it to, to the Bezmanish. And you're right. The Rebbe speaks about it all the time. We spoke about that a lot. Right. Right. Because that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's not about, you know, uh, it's not about, you know, you, the girlfriend you had when you were 13 or something. And now, you know, you miss her. It's not, it's not about that. It's about, it's about your neshama and, and to understand, to identify where it comes from. And that's the only thing that can satisfy and satiate on the deepest level of a person. But this, he says, is the Avadazar of our times. People are going around hugging trees and saying, Aviata, Vesavan Atyalidatini. And to say, and to say to a stone that you gave birth to me. So he says, that's a person's mashuga. It's crazy, but this is what, this is what the world is doing. So the professor's right. The world is looking for something. That's absolutely right. The only chilik is what that yeshiva bacher is, the yeshiva bacher has found and what he has found. That's the chilik. And as we get closer to Mashiach, it gets crazier. It's getting crazier because you know now you don't have you don't have children. You don't have children anymore. This they're doing away with childhood. You don't have children. There's such a there's such a, a craziness and looking and emptiness and craving and seeking Christ. <coughs> People just don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, yeah. So. I heard about that. I heard about that. That they're, they're not Jewish, Dafka. It's not. Uh, you have people that uh, you see that they have. It's an interesting thing. You have people that they'll that they'll that they'll study what's the so-called Kabbalah. That's not Kabbalah. What they're doing, but they're studying that. Or they're looking for all the all the New Age stuff and all the fluff and spirituality and all the all the Narishkeit that they get in these they get in these books. You know, I, I looked at some of these books. That that uh, they're unbelievable. They don't they don't solve the they don't solve the, the, the problem of emptiness. 
Because the only way you can solve that is by mitzvahs and masam toif. And by living a Jewish life. And for a non-Jew, Bechlal is not a solution. But for a Jew, there's only mitzvahs and masam toif. But when you look at these books, the last thing in the world that they would want you to do is put on tefillin. It's the last thing any of these books want. And you look, they're, out, they're all over the place. The Jews that are writing this, they have these new age Jews, and they're writing a lot of these books. They have one particular Rebbe. What? Sorry. <laughs> Thanksgiving Day Parade yesterday, they, were, uh, they had their centers they were handing out. Really? Yeah, you see? Yeah, they ha- they, uh, they're handing out. Now, you understand where this comes from. Handing out leaflets from the, uh, from the uh, Center for Mysticism. I'm changing the title a little bit because I've had aggravation from those people in the past. The, but here, you see, Kabbalah, all Kabbalah is is Pnimius. And Kabbalah is only talking to people who are Anshay Pnim. And, and, and the Pasuk already says, Chacham is the Chutzterein. It means that, that the deepest wisdoms, the deepest wisdom of the world is going to be handed out in leaflets on the street. It's all bachutz. It's all bachutz. It's nothing for pnim. It's nothing inside. It's nothing. It's a simon again. The world is seeking something, but but the sad. Can you imagine that the you know advertisements for Kabbalah being handed out like like uh, you know like uh, like some like like car washes. An advertisement for a car wash. A guy hands, hands out to come to a lecture for Kabbalah. This is all part of the ansheichutz. The world of the ansheichutz that they don't know what to do. So you have people that they're, that they're looking for, they're looking for these things, and they want to hear, they, they want to hear something that's going to take away the pain that they feel inside. Especially when you get these <coughs> these actors, these actresses, who, most of whom, not that I ever made any study, but it seems to me that most of these people have miserable lives, all kinds of sorrows, and, and, and one sorrow after another sorrow, they have such sorrows. These people, and and whenever they tell you about, whenever you hear about the, that person's upbringing. 99% of the time, it's it's horrible. I feel Rachmanis about these people. It's just sorrows. And um, you understand why they're looking for something. And while they were while they were, you know, trying to quiet it down with some things growing up, but they found it wasn't enough. So they found it wasn't enough. Kol Ha'Elam is Mishkan Hashem. All worlds. Our palace, a dwelling place for Hashem. Vitzetzayim mezamre kelheim, and all of the offspring of all worlds are singing to Hashem mezamre kel. Ain rega she yishkaitu. There isn't a moment where the world is silent, or all worlds. There's not a moment. Vein tnuah she yaznichu, and every single motion of anything in the world, bekulam es tihilas Hashem yisan. Every single blade of grass, every cloud when it's moving, every 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 single motion, movement, sound of the world is is singing Hashem's praise. Not all of them make noise. Some it's just with the strength and the you know, like you see the something, a powerful wind. Then you have then you have something that you look at and you say, Wow, it doesn't make a sound, but you see an elephant. Oh, they, they make sounds once in a while, but you look at the you look at the size of this thing, and just its greatness, just its presence, is telling you that there's a God, and is singing that song. Nusa, and then there's something that because it's so tiny and it's still it's functioning in such an amazing way, then you you, you see that, or you you look under a microscope. <coughs> Excuse me, like I've often mentioned, the Rav Cook used to say, forget about Marabon Hashem. Not just how great are Hashem's actions, but look how tiny Hashem's actions are. It's one thing if you have something really big and, and you know, like a mountain range or something. But then when you look at it, you look at a molecule, or you, or you study DNA or something like that, and you look at chromosomes and how much, you know, how much information is inside one of these tiny little things that you can't even see. So that's that's even more of a pellet. That's even more wondrous than than the big stuff. So if Cook said, how small are your acts? Meaning how 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 Hashem, you pay such unbelievable attention to detail. There isn't one detail of this of, of existence that's not you. That doesn't have your imprint, that doesn't have your signature. There's not one tiny little detail that doesn't have your signature on it. Zebaoro Vizebapulasa. 
some things some things of this world they're sawing is through shining through illuminating the others just by 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 acting by existing ain ola misnanas the fituma there isn't a leaf there isn't a leaf that shakes that moves just on its own and there isn't a wind that's humming on its own by its own will he says every single leaf that's rustling in the wind if you listen carefully you can hear the the call of the king Hashem is everything and with his will he rules over everything. You was Hashem for Fear God and give praise to His name. Umayati Yisrael. And now, Hashreinu Matayv Chalkeinu. Look how fortunate we are as Jews. Vahem, meaning, in all of the different parts of creation that we've just spoken about, with the stars and the, and, and the leaves and the, and the ruach and the animals, all of these things and the malachim, everything. In all of these things, Mahem, there's only a faint little, <coughs> a faint little light that enters into their existence from a distance. When it comes to all of reality, it's only a little bit of godliness that touches them. I mean, of course, it's only Hashem. But in terms of how we perceive this, in terms of what they, they are, they are touched by Hashem's presence. But when it comes to the Jew, when it comes to Jews, when it comes to us, in the very essence of a Jew, it's not that he sends over, it's not that Hashem sends a little bit injection of his of his presence into the world, into us, into the world. He sends like an injection, but into a Jew, he says the King Himself, His Mama, is sitting inside of you. You have a neshama. Which is a chelik elokomi mal mamish, which is a portion of the of Kivyochl himself. Hamelach bechvodo Yosef within a Jew. Yisrael heim meiragle kisya kovid, and the Jew, every Jew is mamish from the, is one of the one of the feet, one of the legs of the of the throne of Hashem's glory that comes into this world. Loba marom b'sharshem levad, and the Rebbe says, I'm not just talking about. Above where your nisham is, that in that place of the nisham is that you sit with Hashem. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not talking just about that. But what am I talking about? Even in this world, in your life. And everything. Even Mamish in the lowest, lowest point of this world. Even a Jew who's living, you know. Even a Jew who's living in the lowest place, you know, when you pass by the sign and says that's, you know, now, like by stone, right? By the Yamamelech. What does it say there? This is, it says the feet. And this is the, like the lowest, this is the lowest place in the world, you know. You look at that. You're now going to the lowest place in the world. So, you know, that, that, that stone is the letters, Said David Malka Meshicha. That stone is the letters Said Sudas David Malav Hamalka and Sudas David Meshicha is Malav Hamalka is the Nin of Stone, which is the Sud of David Hamalach. Said the secret of David Malka Meshicha of David Hamalach, because that's where David Hamalach comes from. David Hamalach comes from stone. It's his hometown. I don't mean he was born there. I don't know if anybody was born there. Just you know by accident, but uh, it's not a place to raise a family. So what does it mean? So. <coughs> Says in Avdi, I have found my servant David. And Chazal say, where did I find him? Bistam. Because that's where it began. That's where it was Lot and his daughters. And from there comes out Moab. And from Moab comes out David HaMelech. So from the lowest, lowest place of this world comes the redemption of the world. Comes the greatest light. From the lowest point on earth. We, the Jewish people, are the ragle hakise. We are the, we are the legs of the throne of glory that descend into this world. That the throne is in Shemayim, but the legs descend into of the throne descend into this world, and the legs descend into this world in the form of a Jew. 
Those are the legs of Hashem's throne of glory. A Jew. Anachni Yisrael Ragley HaKisei. And upon each and every one of us, the king of all kings, Hashem is sitting upon, because we're the legs. So Hashem is sitting upon each and every Jew. And that's why He doesn't let you, you can't forget about Him, you can't turn away from Him. He says the the wonderment. What are you wondering about? You look at a Jew and you and you and you and you you don't understand. It's hard to figure out. The Rebbe says he says he says to each Jew, why is it that so many times you feel so depressed and you begin to you begin to shake? And you see yourself as being the lowest of the low. Kegarum and Hagrum. You see yourself as being the lowest thing in the world. And you look at yourself and you say, everything that I do in my life is so disgusting. It's, you can't even stand the smell of your life. It's so disgusting. Why is it that it's so hard for you to be machazik yourself, to strengthen yourself? Umara <coughs> Saymar, and, and you, you, you have this bitterness inside of you, Laimar, that says, And you say to yourself in this bitter way, Who knows if there's any hope for my nefesh? If there's any hope, if there's any point, if there's any hope for my ichidasi, meaning for the deepest part of my soul, who knows if there's any hope? Why do you think this bothers you? Why do you think that this hurts you? Why are you tormented by this? This thought? Why is this? He says, you know why? Why? These thoughts come from the fact that this, that, that your soul is, is the is the leg of Hashem's kisei. So when Hashem moves, it moves you. When something's happening, it, it happens to you also. And that's why that, that's why you feel this way. That's why you, that's why you you can't be happy with this world. <coughs> And why is it that sometimes you, the same person, you look at yourself as being the most disgusting, the garush of a groom, you see yourself as being the lowest person in the world, why is it that sometimes there are fiery words of Hashem that come out of your mouth? The mamish, fiery words of Hashem, fiery words of truth and tire that come shooting out of your mouth. Who do you think has whispered into your ears the secret of these holy thoughts? If not the one who is sitting upon you, not the one who dwells within you, which is Hashem. Where do you think it comes from? That's where it comes from. Now listen, the Rebbe turns again to the entire universe. And he says, Daim. He says to the universe, be silent. Dom. He says, be silent, he says to the entire universe. <coughs> Just hold on, hold your song back for a second. Don't sing, he says to the world. <coughs> he says, he says, listen, I want the universe to do me a favor and be silent for one second. You know why? Because, because the king of all kings is waiting to be coronated by me. I have to coronate him. I have to, I have to scream at Hamalach. Hacharishu, be silent. Be silent until what? Until the fire of Hashem. Till the fire, till that fire of Hashem is me, many pours out for me. 
Ves kulchem til ahed. And and what the Rebbe is saying is, I'm, is that the is that the person says that to, to the entire world, listen, I, I want you to sing, and I know you have beautiful stuff to sing through each 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 part of the universe, through its its light and its darkness, through its movements and so on. That's the song of the world. But I want you to know, if you give me one second to daven, and you give me one second to call out Hamalach, then you should know that your song is going to be that much more powerful. Then you should know that because of me, that you're able to, that you're able to, you'll be, I'll be able to set you on fire with my davening. That's what it means when the malachim don't daven, don't sing until the Jewish people say, Shira in this world, till we daven. But call me many yetsev yebachem l'kol Hashem. I will, I will, I will daven, you'll hear a sound coming from me, and you'll take that sound and you'll transform that. That'll become inside of you a kol Hashem, the sound of Hashem. And together, the Jew says to the entire world, together we will praise Hashem, you and I. There's a Tyra this week, look in the Kedushas Levi. There's such a beautiful little Tyra there. He says that, Levi Yitzchak, over there when it says, when it says, Vayachlam b'hinei sulam mutzavartz ha'roshim agiyah shemaim. So Yaakov had a dream, and he saw the ladder, the bottom of the ladder is on earth, and the top ladder is reaching to the heavens. So the Rebbe of Yitzchak says that the word Vayachlom in Novi and Chazal also means to be strengthened. It means to be cured, to be healed, to be well. Hachloma. And as you saw, they call they they call a place where where women after they have children they have where they're able to um, recuperate. It's called a base Hachloma. The word Cholom means means to be healed, to be strengthened. It really means to be strengthened. So Rabbi Levi says, you know what gives the Jew the greatest strength when he's beginning to serve Hashem? How does he get chizik? How does he get strength? He says, He looks at himself and he says, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm just, a, I'm just a garusha begrum. I'm just a piece of this world. But then he thinks and thinks and he, and he, and he realizes that even though he looks like he's just a, a ladder, that, stu- that he looks like he's just a, a, something that's stuck in the world. But really it's Rosh HaMagiyah but really the top of the ladder reaches into heaven. Which means that every single thing that he does, that I daven, I learn, and he mitzvah that I do, that the whole world is shaking. The whole world is being transformed because of what I do. He says, the Rebbe says, that's what gives the Jew the biggest chizik. When you begin to serve Hashem, vayachloim, hinei sulamutzav shamaim. And not only that, malachelokim oilim v'yardim by. So the Rebbe says that the angels of Hashem are, are, are rising and descending because of your davening, because of your learning, because of your mitzvahs. Malachelakim oilim v'yardim bai, meaning in, because of you, in you. The malachelakim are either singing or they're crying. It all depends on what you're doing. The whole world is either singing or crying, is either laughing or crying because of what you do. That's how one begins to serve Hashem. It gives a person chizik, but then afterwards the Bereb Levi says that that's not the tachlis. Even though one should think of this, but the tachlis ultimately is v'ine Hashem nitzavalav. After the dreams, it says that that Yaakov realized that Hashem was upon him, right? Was standing upon him v'ine Hashem nitzavalav. So Rabbi Yitzchak says that even though the beginning of one's service of Hashem is must must be with this thought about how about how the entire universe is is only because of him. But then ultimately he says that doesn't matter anymore. It's the beginning. That's what we're all holding by that. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. At the end, the only thing that counts is Vinay Hashem Nitzav love is that Hashem has Nachas. It doesn't make a difference to you that the whole universe is, is going crazy. It only matters to you that Hashem has Nachas. Right? Like in the beginning, see, give you know, a child, a child comes home with some nice project or did a good report. It has to go in the refrigerator. It's got to go on the wall in the school. It's got to, if you could get it into the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, you'd do that too. Because, you know, you want, you want the, you know that the child needs to feel is true. The child needs to feel that, that that little report that she did is shaking up the entire world, right? That's what the child needs to feel. And you know that. But then if the child still feels that and you're still worried about that when the kid's 25 or 30, it's not so good. Because then the only thing that, that matters is that, that, is, that, is that mommy and daddy have nachas from the kid. It doesn't make a difference if the rest of the world cares. It's just that your parents should have nachas from you. The ones who the ones who brought you into this world that they should have nachas from you, 
And if you're still, if, if someone's 20, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50, and you're still worried about what other people think and say, it's their biggest Rahmanas. To worry what people say about you. What someone thinks about you. Isn't that the biggest Rahmanas? That time in life, it already should be the only care that Hashem should have nachasim. That your father should have nachasim. Yuvina Hashem needs of love. To, in the beginning, it has to be, Malachi Lakim Erlim Viyardim and it's true. Oh, the angels are rising and falling, and the whole universe is shaking. It's true. But but in the end, what really counts is Vina Hashem Hashem and Hashem is with you. That the Now, listen to this shot that the Rebbe gives to the nations of the world. See. They thought they were going to be part of this tyrant. Listen, he gives a shot. He says, and now I want to talk to you for a second, because you're also part of the world. The nations of the world. I have something to say to you also. Why do you torment me? Why do you oppress me? What are you trying to do? Why are you saying to me, Aye Elokeichem? <coughs> Why do you taunt me, nations of the world, meaning me, the Jew? Why do you taunt me and, and, and call out and say, Where is your God? Hashaykhan Aleichem, this God that you claim is resting upon you. This God that you claim is with you. Where is he? Hashem, he says, that you claim that the whole world is, is in fear and in awe from this God. Where is he? Lama lo inuhu. Why haven't why haven't we seen him? This God that you claim is with you. Afes shmo asharleichem lo hikarnu v'nireyu. We haven't uh, we haven't seen his name upon you. We haven't recognized or seen this, but you claim. If anything, <coughs> the Jews have suffered more than anybody. That's always I always thought that that's ironic. No, that the that the that the guy they have they have a taina that it's that if the, if God loves the Jews then why is it that that you suffer so much? Never enters their minds that we that, that they're the ones that were causing us this. You know? I always thought it's amazing, no? Like, it's almost like why do you guys have so many earthquakes and problems like with with the weather? What do you mean? We, we get along all right with it with the world. It's you we don't get along with. And it's not that we don't get along. You know, we're beaten and, and killed and gassed, and I mean that's what, that's what we have from the world. But like, like the world always says, it's a pellet. So I wonder, you know, I, I not, we don't get it. like, why did Jews have tsaras? Why did Jews have tsaras? The world never gets that. Well, why did Jews, Jews have tsaras? It's like it's a pellet. They can't figure it out. Why did Jews have tsaras? Anybody will leave us alone for a minute. Duna, he says, I want you to know. He says to the nations of the world, I want you to know. Duna. Kizekama, it's for a long time. I shall call Daidi Dai Fake, that the voice of my beloved is knocking. Piskun Ali Bonai that Hashem is knocking on the heart of each Jew and saying, Open up for me, my children. Let me into your hearts. Suna Open up the gates of your essence and and hide me inside of you and bring me inside of you. So I want to tell you, nations of the world, that Hashem Himself is saying that my enemies, the enemies of Hashem, are ambushing me in every corner, so to speak. As they have burned down my holy temple, my place. And they have plowed my city. Hashem says, anything that's holy to me, Hashem says, you, the nations of the world, are, are, are chasing, are, are persecuting. On a deeper level, though, the Rebbe is, is not just talking about, is not just talking about pogroms and holocausts and, and, and Tishavav. On a deep level, the Rebbe is saying, you know, what we were talking about before is that is that that inside of a Jew there's that unbelievable craving and that longing for me. But but the problem is that 
that uh, Elvis Presley is not letting that girl feel it. The noise of the world, the kol shall around me. The noise of the world that's chasing my children. The noise of the world that's chasing my children that you don't allow a sound of my presence. You don't allow it. You don't, that you're that you're you're persecuting and torturing my children. That they can't experience my presence because of you, because of you. You know how how different the Jewish child looks when when he's not subjected to television and to the internet and to the and to the music and to the Irish kite and the stupid these stupid books and magazines. You know how you know the sewer of the, the Jewish child, right? Again, you know the Anshichutz get worried about these things. Well, you see a little a little boy, a little girl from some little back street mezhar, and you look at them. I'm talking about this the pre pre cell phone stage, right? <laughs> Because now already, now already the kedusha of Yushalayim is the world is chasing after after Yushalayim also. It used to be that we would go to Yushalayim and you felt it's hard now, but but when you see one of those kids when you see one of those children that they mamish don't know from the outside world, so anyone anyway, the Anshei would say this is terrible, this is unfair. How could you not? How could it be that this child never even heard of CNN? And what, what kind of a, what, what, is it, you know how, what kind of a child are you raising? You know, ignorant and so on and so forth. And I would. Hashem b'shamayim Yisroch that Hashem looks at this, you know. What we could do if we would be able to have children like that, that they don't have any creases in their eyes, they don't have they don't have all the they don't have all these handicaps that, that all of us are still that are still suffering. We're all suffering from these handicaps. But you know, you see a child like that that was untouched. If you let a, if you let a Jew if you leave a Jew alone, you know. But what, we don't understand that. And the nations of the world are tormenting us. They're tormenting us in many ways. Of course, it's been with 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 bombs and and boots and things like that. But but even in a way that that the world considers to be very very pleasant, even in a way that the world considers to be very pleasant, and they would never say that. Why are we hurting you? We're offering you the entire world. Why shouldn't the Jews take advantage of the world? This is also a type of persecution, and it's having a terrible effect upon us. And forever, since the beginning, the essence of a Jew is, is the only fortress for Hashem's presence in this world. Look at this, he says that our bodies, our bodies, if necessary, will be given over to melt and to be destroyed. The sentences when I first saw this is, and even if our bones will rise up in smoke and dust, which is most likely what happened to the Rebbe's bones. We keep inside of ourselves the holy name of Hashem. And no evil can befall his Torah. Should we? Must. Yeah. So he says to the enemies, So our enemies, enemies of Hashem, don't rejoice. Because Hashem, the Holy One, loves us now just as He always did. His love for us hasn't changed. So don't rejoice, enemies of Hashem. Just like it always was, even now, Hashem's the embraces, the hugs of our of our of our beloved, are still upon us. We don't see it. It's in other words, we don't. It's only inside of us that He continues to hug us now, not on the outside. Sometimes, sometimes it's the hidden place within the hidden place. Until we only sometimes feel a faint echo or reflection of that hug. Every Jew is a house of Hashem, a fortress of God's presence. And our faces have been blackened. Just for Hashem's sake. And the essence of a Jew and the body of a Jew is is filled with, with, with pain, only for his sake. He says, could you even understand, can you, you even estimate, could you have any feeling 
for the for the deep pleasure and joy, for the unbelievable joy that a Jew feels within him, being a Jew and having Hashem is broken inside of him. I'm feeling that hug. Muke ani b'tzidi. He says, I am beaten, but lefanecha Hashem, but I am in your presence, Hashem. Misbaz ani b'fanai. I'm humiliated in front of you, but lefanecha avi ukedoshi. But it's before you, Hashem. It's true that I'm beaten. It's true that I'm humiliated. But I'm in your presence. I'm with you. Murda from a tultalum amorat. I am. I am persecuted. I am chased. I'm torn to pieces. But I call the shame kedoshi. But all is for your holy name. Elokai, my God, of Father, the Oiv Yisrael who loves every Jew. Atu kol you are my treasure. And your holiness is the only thing that gives me joy and, and gives me meaning in life. Okay? So next week, the next 